Back in the 70s, the mantra for teens was peace and love. In the 80s, the mantra for most teen boys was skate or die. Flash forward 20 years, and what do our youths care about? What's the Wi-Fi password? Thank you for tuning into What's the Wi-Fi Password, a place where we have discussions about topics and issues that are relevant to the teens in our generation and how to point them towards the gospel. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about this podcast, please email Joshua Shively at joshuas at calvary.com. In December, I'm going to be teaching on some Christmas stuff, and some. I thought it would be really cool to take the three teachings through December and teach on the, what Christmas is, what the history of it is, why do we do what we do, and what's the culture of it, and the, the idea of Christmas, and, and even Thanksgiving, you know, even the idea of thankfulness. I mean, how much of it has been hijacked, even the word thankfulness, right, the word Thanksgiving has been hijacked by Hallmark and Sears and by, you know, Costco and, and Walmart, you know, the idea of, of these turkeys and pilgrims, you know, cute fat little pilgrims with guns and and it's all these things, right? I'm not teaching on Thanksgiving tonight, but the idea of thankfulness, the idea of it. Uh, I mean, if you were just to look at the definition on your phone, if you were to text thankful and, and hit, you know, select all and then look up and define the idea of receiving, right? That's what, that's what would come up, the idea of receiving, the idea of being, being happy, being thankful, being, being like in gratitude of something you've received. And see, the whole idea of thankfulness, the whole basis of it is that we need to be thankful for what we've received. You know, kind of we get this diluted or this kind of twisted picture of thankfulness. Like, we have to be thankful about all the other things in our life. You know, we have to be thankful about all the things that we're in. And, and we can do that, I guess. You know, we can be thankful that you're born in America, that you're born in California, that you live in Monterey. No? What did yours come up as? Please and relieved. Pleased and relieved. What? That's like the fifth definition of it. Okay. That's not what mine came up with. Um, Anyway, and I'm the one teaching, and you're not. So, all right. So, what? No, I just, on, on, on your text, you can define words. Well, I'm up here, you're not. But, um, so the idea, the idea is like we can be thankful for, like I said, you can be thankful you were born in America and in a place where you ha- we, you're in a democracy and that you have freedom of speech and that you're not going to be jailed or beaten because you're, you're some different type of religion or you're in some type of draconian, you know, communistic government that you've been born and live in a place like California in the peninsula where people literally from all over the world come to visit this place. I mean, there's things to be thankful for in like who you are, that you have the ability to speak and see and hear and touch and smell and taste where many other people in life don't. I mean, there's all these things to be thankful for, but the idea of thankfulness, the idea of, of as, as like a biblical term or biblical worldview world of thankfulness, we want to be thankful for the things we've received. Thankful for like the personal things that we've obtained and received uh, as human beings, as these created things that walk and talk and live and try to do this thing called Christianity. And really, as we look at thankfulness in this biblical worldview, as we look at like thankfulness as Christians, we want to be thankful for the things we've received, the things that, that I even personally, as I look at my testimony as Joshua Shively, the things that I can be thankful for. 
And there's really so many things in life that I could not be thankful for. There's so many things in life that I could kind of put a negative spin on or a pessimistic spin on. But really, how many things can I be thankful for for what I have received in life? And maybe you've been in a in a you know a season of your life, you've had a negative bent on things you've looked at. You've had a negative bent on heck, even youth group, negative bent on school, a negative bent on a relationship or your parents or your siblings or you know the world that you're even living in. And how much of that can be changed if you had an optimistic, a thankful type of view on that rather than a negative? Do you not, guys know that the, the greatest or the most, the most commanded, like command, <laughs> the most command in the Bible, like the most frequent command in the Bible um, isn't something on sex. It's not something on money. It's not something on... On don't murder your neighbor, don't hate, right? It's literally on, literally on to be happy, to be thankful. It's more in the Bible than anything else, right? The command to be happy, to be thankful. And so I think it's really interesting as we come to a place like Thanksgiving, we come to a season of life where, or a season of the year when we're supposed to be thankful for, we're supposed to, in a, in a way, like be thankful for the year that's, that's happened and what, what's happened in 2019 in your life and what's, what's going on. Um, and to be thankful for those things to receive that you've received. And in scripture, even God calls us many times to be happy, to be thankful, um, to fear not even, to, to walk in a place of contentment. There's many ways to look at it, but really it boils down to, like, are you being thankful? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is going to be a simple message. There's not much to it tonight, guys. When you look at the term thankful, you look at the term of thankfulness or like the call in our life. I really just want to kind of break it down to you. Um, and so the main verse we're going to be looking at tonight is Colossians 3, verse 12 through 17, as we desire to look at what it means to be thankful or even why be thankful. Like, why should I even be thankful? Um, and so I picked a couple of verses other than that, so you can keep your finger in Colossians 3, 12. But then I picked a couple other verses just to kind of go through this. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So the first one I picked is, is really, and these are like some of the, the top thankful verses. If you were to type in top thankful verses of the Bible, there'd be like 30 that pop up, and this is one of them. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. The idea is in any circumstance to be thankful, and no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening in your life, and like I said before, this is on a broad scale, but also an internal scale. The broad scale, again, could be, God, thank you for where I'm at right here, right now. You guys are in a youth group where, where there's, you know, nothing's going to happen to you. So, you know, the government's not going to bust in here and arrest us all for having this gathering. Where in places like China, right here, right now, they've, they've literally put in, in concentration camps over a million people in China over the last couple of years. Over a million people are living in concentration camps because the Chinese government is grabbing them because they don't believe in, and it's, it's not just Christians, it's Muslims also, and there's some Sikh in there too, but really it's the idea that because they don't believe in the communistic mindset of China right now, they're being put in these concentration camps. But yet, I believe that those, even those Christians in those places, they're being called to be thankful, even in that circumstance. Even in a place where they're being literally like chained and beat and tortured and even like indoctrinated, right? They're, they're put through these like extreme indoctrination. Um, it's pretty horrific if you were to read into it. But the idea is in all circumstances, be thankful, right? So Paul there in First Thessalonians tells us, give, all, give thanks in all circumstances. So no matter where you find yourself in life, and if that doesn't kind of, you know, strike a chord with you, maybe it's just, you know, your parents are fighting a lot. 
and you're finding yourself going home and you don't like being home right now. But are you finding things to be thankful for in that? Or maybe you're struggling even in yourself with, with, with you know, image and mindset and anxiety and fears. Are you finding yourself being thankful for, for things even in those hard circumstances? Second one is Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Paul continues to say, or he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So if we look at the first one, it's an idea of in circumstances. In, in Colossians, Paul says us to be thankful through prayer and in, in a steadfastness and a watchfulness. The idea of thank, thanks, like a thanksgiving or a thankful heart, and, and this, it brings us to a place of prayer. It brings us to a place of being steadfast in our faith. The idea is, is, again, are you being thankful even in a place of spirituality? You know, how many times can we pray to God, God, I need this, and God, can you help me with that? And God, God can you, like, bless this, and God, be there for this? But, like, are we being thankful for the things God has given us? Psalms 100, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. I picked this one because it's, it's us giving thanks to God. It's us acting out, making a choice to be thankful. You know, if you looked at Jerusalem, there were several gates that the men and women would go through, and the gates meant things. And as they would enter into the gates, as they would enter into the temple, this courts of praise, if you were look at the court, there was like the court of the Gentiles, and the court of the females, and the court of the Jewish men. And the idea is, as you would go through these gates, it would be a, it would be a deeper area of praise. As the Gentiles who, who had converted to Judaism, were, were entered into a certain place of the temple. They could praise it. They could worship God. They could sacrifice. And then there was the court of the Jewish women and the court of the Jewish men. And kind of as you went through those gates, it was a deeper level of praise, a dip, deeper level of thanksgiving. And, and in a sense, in that spirituality, are you continuing? Are you making that choice to be thankful to God deeper and deeper? Psalms 106 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. And this one, it's the idea of not what I'm doing, but what God has done. I'm thankful for the things God has done in my life. I'm thankful for the things he's going to continue to do in my life. That when I'm not steadfast, when I'm not faithful, he is steadfast. He is faithful. Am I being thankful? Am I praising him? Am I giving thanks for everything God is, even when I'm not? When I'm a zero and God's, God's level 10, you know, I guess it'd be level infinity or whatever. But like, yeah, it's, you know, when God's so much greater than I am, am I giving thanks for that? So now these are just four verses. These are four very simple verses. You could literally go through Psalms and, and just see so many times that God says to be grateful. Give thanks to the Lord. Be thankful. Fear not. Praise God. Right? Give thanks to God. Sacrifice to God. Uh, not just of, of like a bull or a sheep, but of self and of heart and of mind. Many times through the scripture, um, we see Paul continuing to say, give thanks. The book of, of Colossians is, is the thankful book. It's all about being thankful. The idea comes time and time again. And like I said, it's more than any other commandment in the Bible. And when we read these things over and over again, and especially when God says it over and over again, it, it means it's, it's serious. It's real. It means there's something to it. It means that it's something that we should pay attention to. We shouldn't just read over it fast and go, oh, that's cool. That's the most commanded thing in the Bible. Well, great. Okay, what's next? No, we should like pause for a second. Say out of every other thing I can do in my life, okay, don't murder. Okay, I got that checked off, right? Like, don't steal. Okay, I won't do that. Don't cheat. Okay, I won't do that. Right? Don't, don't beat a youth kid. Okay, <laughs> I'll try. Don't cuss at a youth kid. Okay, I'll try to do that one. The idea... <laughs> 
you guys is, <laughs> who said ah? <"Aw." laughs> I actually had to promise a future youth kids mom this last week that I would never cuss at her kid. Um, so I had to promise her that <laughs> it wasn't your no a future youth pastor a future youth kid yeah a future youth kid no it wasn't your mom it was not um, yeah. <laughs> Pastor Josh is not perfect um, all right so. The idea is that I can check off many things that God commands me to do. Right? Love your wife. Okay, check. You know, be a father that doesn't raise your kids up in contentment. Okay, I can do that. You know, be faithful to what God has called me to. Okay. But time and time again, God calls us to be happy, to be thankful, to praise him, to give thanks, to fear not, to be in a place of thankfulness. So that needs to be something I look at. And like I said, these are just four verses. But if you were to do a study on it in your, in your own time and you were to look in Psalms and you were to, to, to say, God, I have a negative perspective on life. God, I, I see the negative side of things so much. God, help me to see the positive side. Help me to be like, optimistic rather than pessimistic. Help me to be in reality and see truly the, the reality of everything you've given me personally. Change me so that I can be thankful and change people for you. So I picked Colossians 12 verse 17 to go over and kind of break it down. And really, if the question is, well, why should I be thankful, Josh? I hear what you're saying. You're being the corny Christian you know, youth pastor talking about thankfulness right now. Why should I be thankful? What does this do for me? If you're telling me to personally be thankful, then why should I do that? So Colossians 3 verse 12, follow along with me, guys. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. I'm sorry, that was weird. I put a space in there for some reason. Compassionate hearts, (laughs) kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, and to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, in everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. Okay, it says thankfulness a couple times, right? Giving thanks, being thankful. So let's break this down. I've got five points for you of what thankfulness does for you. If you choose, if you were to walk out of this room tonight and say, okay, I'm going to dedicate some prayer time. I'm going to ask God to help me be thankful. Here's some motivation for you. Just from that verse, that section of verses in Colossians 3. So number one, being thankful makes our perspective correct. Being thankful makes our perspective correct. I take that from from the first verse there. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now, how many times you wake up in the day, guys? How many times you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you're like, yeah, I'm not the chosen one. <laughs> like, I do not feel like the chosen one today. I do not feel holy today. I do not feel beloved today. Right? I don't feel like I can put on any bit of God because there's a whole lot of Josh right here. Like, how, like how many times do you wake up feeling like that? Probably most days. Probably most days you wake up and you're like, yeah, I don't feel beloved. I don't feel cherished. I don't feel like God even knows who I am or cares about me, or hears me, or really knows what's going on. But see, when we're thankful to what God has done, we understand what, who God is in our life, as Paul says here, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. When we are thankful, when we, when we are thankful for being God's chosen, 
you're thankful for being God's beloved. That we understand and we know that he does cherish us and care for us and know who we are, our thoughts and our emotions and our fears and anxieties and worries. When all those things are going through and we know that God knows us through that and chose us through that, even through our sin and our flesh and our corruption and our, our, the most wicked we can be, the fact is that God still loves us. I mean, how, how amazing does that change your perspective from that I am wicked to I'm beloved? As soon as I can say, God, thank you for loving me in the darkest part of who I am. So first off, being thankful makes our perspective correct. Where so many times, you guys, it's easy to get off track. It's so, so easy to scroll through Instagram and see everybody else's perfect life and go, man, my life sucks. <laughs> like, why is their life amazing? Right? Erica follows this family. That's how I tease her about this. What are they called? The bucket list family. The bucket list family. And she'll like send me things when they're like swimming with dolphins and they got these perfect little kids and like this beautiful tan skin all the time. <laughs> and like, yeah, he's Filipino. He is. You're right. So sorry. Man. But the idea, I, I know if I look at them, I'm like, yeah, that, that rocks. I want to do that. You know, what? They're goals. They are. They're goals. I'm sorry. I got to put you on the spot. Um, the idea here is that it changes our perspective. To be thankful changes our perspective. Right? Being, number two, being thankful makes us more like Jesus. Being thankful makes us more like Jesus. Verse 12 and 13, right? It says, compassion, compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. Verse 12 and 13 there, guys. Being thankful makes us more like Jesus. If you look at that list, right? Compassionate heart, kindness, humble, meek, patient, bearing with one another. How many of us can do this in our flesh? How many of us can do this just in who we are each and every day, right? Maybe with like on a mission trip. Maybe we can do this on a mission trip. Maybe one of us can like hit all these goals on a mission trip. What do you guys think? Slim chance. Slim chance. (laughs) What about with your siblings? What about with your siblings? No. <laughs> no, no. How about with your parents? Ooh, okay, okay. All right, all right. The idea here is, yeah, we can all look at that. Compassionate heart, kindness, humble, meek, patient, bearing with one another. We can look at that and go, yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere close, Josh. I missed the mark. Right? If sin is missing that mark, I'm sinning. Okay? That's where I'm at. It's my, my realm over there. And that whole po- the whole point of Paul putting that down is, listen, you can't reach those on your own. Like you can't reach every one of those goals. You may hit a day where you're like, man, I just had the best compassionate heart all day. I was just so compassionate to everybody. I tipped the barista. I was smiling at the guy that, that cut me off. Man, I was like compassionate all day, right? Or you go a complete day and you're like, man, I was humble today. I was so humble. <laughs> right? Or, or man, I prayed with like six people today. I was burying their sins with them. I was burying their troubles. You may be able to reach one of them. But the fact is we can all in honesty and even laugh at it. Yeah, like we're in, no, we're in no place to say I can hit all these. But this is a part of my character day in and day out. But see, when we are thankful for the things that God is doing in us, when we can have the right perspective, when we can look back maybe a year ago or two years ago or heck, even two weeks ago and go, God, I haven't done this sin. I haven't, this, this habitual thing hasn't been in my life. I haven't cussed anybody in two weeks. Or I, I've been compassionate, more compassionate in my life. Or, hey, I have been getting along better with my sibling. Or I have been respecting my parents more. And it's the idea of thanking God that he's been doing a work in you. That you see the work of the Spirit in you. And then you can kind of look at those things and go, man, I am looking more like Jesus. And that's okay to say. And I hope that even in my own life that I can look 10, 20, 30 years down the road 
and go, man, I hope that that direction is making me look more like Jesus. That I'm less like Josh 10, 20, 30 years down the road and I'm more like Jesus than I am today. And that's okay to say. But to be thankful, to, to, to lay those things down and God thank, say, just thank you for today, God. Thank you what you've done in my life today. Thank you for helping me be faithful today. You know, thank you for helping me follow you and be faithful where, where you've put me today. God, help you, thank you for helping me forgive that person in my life. Thank you for helping me lay down my life to lift up others. It just changes us. It makes us more like Jesus and less like self. Right. Number three, being thankful shows us what's important. Being thankful shows us what's important. And above all this in verse 14, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Paul mentions this above the other gifts, this put on love, right, which binds everything together. And like I said, to be thankful, it makes us see what's important in life. Because the fact is that humankind, mankind, all, these, all us, these little creatures that are sitting here in this room, we are worth the greatest sacrifice. You guys understand that? You are worth, as this created being by God, as you were worth everything to him. He literally loved us enough, this creature, us, these humankind, enough to give a part of himself, his own son, to die on a cross. Literally today, the, still the, the most horrific way to die, known to man, is the crucifixion process. And he gave of himself to die on that cross so that we could have communion and live with our God one day again and have communion with him again. That was, that's love. That is like the most powerful and, and the most ultimate cosmic just energy, <laughs> cosmic just power that you would, you'll ever experience in life in this reality that we live in is the love that God has for us. And see, when we're thankful for, for who Christ is and what he did in our life, it, it puts into right perspective in us that what's most important in life, which is to love which is to love those around us, which is to forgive, which is to let go of grudges, which is to show those around us who've never heard what I just said about Jesus. And you will encounter people in your life who have never read the Bible. You will encounter people in your generation who have never been to church. Who they're, they're, the, the closest thing they have to the Bible is some YouTube video they watched where someone tried to rip the Bible apart or rip, rip apart church. That's the closest thing they have to, to, oh yeah, I understand Christianity, I know what it's about. Or really what? I watched this YouTube video one time. I hear it all the time, guys. I watched the Zygast, or I watched this or that. It's, it's crazy. But see, the idea here is when I'm thankful for what Christ has done for me, it makes me realize what's important, which is the love that I show to others. And not just to the world around us, but to one another even in here. To show love to one another right here in your youth group. To show love to your siblings, to your parents. It reminds us of what, what's, like, what's important. Number four, which I have as number three. I got one, two, two, three. Um, <laughs> number three, being thankful gives you real and internal peace. Being thankful gives you real and internal peace. Eternal peace. Verse 15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ, real and eternal peace. You know, the world today, guys, is, is pretty nuts, what people are looking for, right? The type of peace, the type of fulfillment, um, I think it kind, of, it kind of was a jab in my, in my like, little realm. But like the whey protein and like the, the workout supplements 
in 2019 is like over a $9 billion industry, right? It's nuts, right? And this is, this is dudes going to the gym and like taking all these supplements and all these pre-workouts and during workouts and post-workouts and all these like growth hormones and steroid and, and, and you know, uh, steroid builders and all these things. And it's over a $9 billion industry. Right? And that's just one realm. And I'm just saying that because that's like, because I go to the gym. I enjoy going to the gym. I do take whey protein. Not that much, but I do take whey protein. But it's the idea that, that men and women are taking this stuff and spending hundreds of dollars, probably thousands of dollars, to try to better, to try to find some type of peace of mind when they look in the mirror. Right? That I'm going to, one day I'll reach that goal, that body image, I'll be able to look in the mirror. Or maybe that's not your realm. Maybe it's, maybe it's more you know, an education, or it's, a, it's an image, or it's, it's, a, it's a way of life. But there's self-help books for every one of those realms. There's, there's people making millions of dollars on their self-help book for some type. And maybe you want a little more simplicity in your life. And so you read that, that book by that little Asian lady who tells you to throw everything away and pray to everything before you, you give it away. What's her name? Marie. Ma- yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Everything had a purpose. Thank you for your purpose in my life. You know. Yeah. What? Does it spark joy? Yeah. Does it spark joy? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So the idea is that, that whenever you're looking for whatever, whatever idea you have in your life for like, this will bring me peace. This will bring me joy. This will bring me to a place of enlightenment. The fact is, you guys, that as Paul says here in verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The peace of Christ. And you guys, that's a, that's a real and that's an eternal peace. That's not only a real peace right here, right now. Like you can have peace right here and right now. It doesn't mean life's always going to be easy or this bowl full of cherries or always go the way you want it to, but you can have peace right here, right now. And eternal peace knowing that one day when I pass from this life, that I get to be in peace forever. Right? I get to have a peace with my Lord and be in communion with my Lord and joy with my Lord forever. It's not just peace right here, right now, but it's peace eternal with Jesus. I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing that this life, which we all know isn't going to last forever, right? Death is the great and eternal equalizer of all mankind. doesn't matter who you are, how strong you get, how smart you are, you're going to die. Equalize, equalizes all mankind. But see, I can have peace. You can have peace because we know our Savior. We know our God. We know He knows us. And He made a way for us to be with Him. Number five, you guys. I guess it's number four on the thing, but number five, being thankful gives you the heart to grow and disciple others. Being thankful gives you the heart to grow and to, in a sense, the heart to disciple others. Verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. And he goes on to, in, in wisdom, which is teaching, which is singing, in hymns and spiritual songs, thankfulness. The idea of, of being thankful, it calls us to grow. It calls us to mature in Christ. And he is in that, in kind of a return, and then calls you and then kind of urges you to then disciple and to teach others. Right? Like, I mean, Keanu, how many years have you been doing fourth, fifth grade? Seven. You've been doing, you've been doing it for seven years? I mean, how much, like, why do you keep doing it? Why? Yeah, you enjoy it? Are you ever, like, do you ever find yourself just saying, being thankful for, for that time that you get to spend every week? And yeah. You guys should have seen it, man. 
Can I talk about you this last summer? Sure. So these, these middle schoolers are getting baptized, right? And I look over, and, <laughs> and Keanu's like trying to hold it together. He's just trying to hold it together. Because these are kids that he, he got to walk through those fourth, fifth grades and walk them up the stairs to that middle school room. Right? He was, he's been, in a sense, because he was called to that position and he's done it faithfully. And yeah, this next summer is going to suck, dude. And you ship away, man. Um, the idea is that, that he's poured into his calling faithfully. And in that thankfulness, it's called him to mature, him to grow. Because he can be some eggheads or some idiot that's not growing in Christ and yet teaching fourth, fifth graders. Right? As soon as I came on staff, I'd have been like, no, dude, you're out. Man. I'm like, you ain't living up to it, you're out, man. But see, the idea is that he's continued to grow and mature. And in that, he's then discipled others. And that's, that's what this thankfulness draws us to. It draws you to mature, and it draws you to disciple others. Uh, a pessimistic, you guys, a negative attitude will never, ever in your life draw you to a place of maturity. It won't. It will continue to keep you in a place of immaturity. It will keep you in a place of not being, in a sense, recognized for, for your heart and your mentality and your, your ambition for Christ. It will leave you in a place of just death. Right? That negative attitude will. But see, a, a thankfulness will continue to grow you and, and challenge you to mature so that then Christ can use you to then mature and grow others. Number six, you guys. Being thankful can be a tool to set your life straight. Being thankful can be a tool to set your life straight. It's not the only way, but it's a tool. Verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of Jesus. You guys, like, I've been asked this by youth kids multiple times. Josh, you mean everything. <laughs> like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I can be thankful to God for that. I'm supposed to do that in word and deed and thankfulness to God. It's like, yeah, making that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I guarantee you can find something to be thankful for in that. All right? Mom, thank you for buying the, the, the chunky peanut butter. You know how much I love it, God. Thank you for putting that on my mom's heart to buy the chunky peanut No, it's stupid. But the idea here, you guys, is that you can find something to be thankful for. I mean, even if it's like you're just having such a struggle to be thankful for something, how about just like the fact your heart's beating and you didn't tell it to today? How about the fact you got out of bed and your legs actually walked? Like you can find something to be thankful for. When you're thankful, when you lay down that thankfulness before the Lord, it sets your life straight. And really what it boils down to, it gets your mind off of you and on to God and what he has for you in that day. It gets your mind off of you and all the things that you can think about and worry about and stress about in a day, and it puts your mind on God. Because the fact is, if you can wake up tomorrow morning and you say, God, thank you for another day, immediately what that does is just sets your mind on like, if God brought me, let me live another day, he must have a plan for my life and a purpose for me today. It automatically puts you on that train. Where if you wake up tomorrow morning and go, oh, I gotta do this today, I gotta do that today, Man, like I got, oh, I got this going on. Man, I really don't want to do that. How can I kind of cut that corner so I don't have to do that? Man, I got, oh, like this. You're already on self. Everything's about you. And you've already, before your feet hit the ground, have, have put God, has put God to the side and said, okay, God, you may have created me, like, created me for this day. From the beginning of time, plan for me to be right here and right now and, and all your knowledge and wisdom. But I'm going to worry about my stuff because, you know, I'm just, I'm worried about me right now. The fact is, if you wake up tomorrow morning and you say, God, thank you, and whatever I do today in word and deed, 
in everything. Help me to praise you, Lord Jesus. Help me be thankful for what you have for me. Because I know you have a plan and purpose for my life. And you guys, it may not be saving a million people tomorrow. It may not be even saving one person, right, to, to, to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It may not be any even type of evangelism. But I'm telling you, God has like this immense and amazing timeline where we all fit into it. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about of all the, the, the hundreds of thousands of people that live on the peninsula. And you pull out of your driveway and that one car drives by. What happened to happen in that one person's like morning to have them drive past you right then, right there? When you go to that Starbucks to get your coffee and there's that person standing next to you in line, what happened in that person's morning, in your morning, for all those little minutes, all those little seconds to have you guys align in time and space and history in that moment? I mean, it can blow your mind to think about it. If I ever go a day and I see like one specific car in the morning and then later on that day I see another car, I'm like, okay, that's just weird. Because they could, I mean, think of all the other places they could go, all the places they could, all the things they could do. And yet in that time and space and reality, God wanted me to interact with that person twice. It's, it's weird. I know, it's, it's, maybe it's stupid. But the idea here, you guys, is that in God's infinite wisdom, he has a plan and a purpose for you. Don't ever underestimate that. Don't wake up tomorrow and think, man, it's just going to be another day. No. God, in everything he is from the beginning of time, literally, has made tomorrow and has a plan and a purpose for you. And maybe it's just that he wants to draw closer to you and wants you to draw closer to him. Maybe it's just another day where he, he says to you, yeah, just keep growing. Just try to be thankful. Just try to be more like me. Just, just keep working at this thing. I have a task for you, but you're growing right now. You're maturing right now. And I'll show you that task when you're ready. And it's, it's, an, awesome, it's an awesome way to think. I mean, personally, you guys, it's, it's really where I try to put my mind. Because then it, everything I do matters. The person I talk to at the gym, the barista I'm getting to know at, at East Village, his name's Chris. He's going to school for psychology. He just wrote a paper on the word wonder and how that wonder is, is, is literally a type of, of medicine as you go into the woods and you just find the wonder in this thing called woods. And I'm like, dude, can we talk about this, man? It's not just wonder in this thing called forest and nature. It's God's creation. He's like, oh, so you're a, like you're a, you believe in like intelligence? I mean, you guys, I'm just saying. And that's just from talking to him about comic books and the movie It, and like, seriously, that's what it comes to. But see, I have to know that there's a purpose for me and him to interact right here and right now in this reality. There has to be, right? Because either God's all sovereign or he's not. Man, that was a rant. Okay, so, you guys, the whole thing is like, wake up tomorrow and be thankful. Be thankful. See what God does through you and with you when you choose to be thankful. Father, we come before you right now. And we just thank you and praise you that you have done so much in us and through us that we can say thank you, God. That we can praise you. And we can worship you for how awesome and amazing you are. We can just honestly say thank you. Don't even have to be specific about it. We can just say thank you, God. And so we just thank you for this youth group. Thank you for my little brothers and sisters in this room. And God, we just give you praise in your name. Amen. Calvary Monterey's youth ministries meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. at Calvary Monterey. Both middle school and high school students are welcome. Come on out. You belong here. And I promise, we don't bite.